His leg hurt. It wasn't 2 a.m., and already Fogarty's leg was giving him hell. It's all these goddamn stairs, he told himself as the golf cart whined through the night. Never mind that he usually took the elevators. It was the principle of the thing. A man his age shouldn't have to be climbing all over something this big. At least tonight, he had outside duty. He could spend most of the shift riding the cart to check the lots in the mall's exterior, except he still had to get out every so often to look over the dumpsters and planters. Black Oak Mall was built on and into a ridge, and the parking lots were laid out stair-step fashion up the sides. Each level had to be checked separately. He tried to rest the leg on the cart's dash, but it was too high. He couldn't drive with his leg on the seat, and some son of a bitch had taken his box out of the cart. It had taken him two days to find a box just the right height to support that leg. He breathed deeply and then coughed. Christ, even the air stinks. Even after six years in California, the damn air still smelled wrong. He should have stayed in Pennsylvania. Lousy economy, snow, and all. He reached the turnoff for the highest lot and stopped for a minute. The full moon was riding high in the sky, only slightly blurred by the thin haze. Below, the lights of the valley spread out in all directions. This is Dark and Stormy Nights, the podcast where we read the first page, and only the first page, of every novel ever written. I'm your host, Vin LeBate. And I'm your other host, Ben Blattberg. And tonight we're talking about the first page of Mall Purchase Night by Rick Cook, published in 1993. And our guest tonight is Kelly Asperth Jackson. Welcome. Hello. So, once again, we'll start with our usual question. How familiar are you with Mall Purchase Night? I will say I have not heard of it, uh, nor am I particularly familiar with the author. Uh, this was a new one on me, but but I, I did look the guy up because I was curious. Mm-hmm. And I he was working in areas that I was reading at the time. So I feel like it's just a matter of chance that I didn't, I don't think I did read anything by him. And just like sort of like the kind of late golden age of tour publishing kind of stuff. Yep. Um, so it's, it's just merely like, I never pulled his book off of the shelf. Maybe he didn't have a good cover. I don't know. Uh, but I, I feel like I could have read him in high school at some point. Yeah. Like the fact that he has a, a whole series with wizard in the title, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. wizards bane, wizard recompiled, wizard recursed. That is definitely like a place it was easy to be adjacent to mm-hmm. in the mid nineties. Uh, Although it is, it is interesting that this book is the uh, odd one out, as far as I can tell, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in that it does not contain wizard in the title, but instead contains mall. <laughs> Um, I, I think the, the wizards book, the, the wizard series, if I remember, uh, involves the, the, the classic or now classic computer programmer from our world, oh. uh, falls into world where magic is real. Uh, and see that. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, are, are, are you sure you didn't read that book? <laughs> yeah. Well, the big series that I did read in the same time period from the same like publishing house is the guardians of the flame series, which is about. People playing D and D and becoming their characters, like it's mm-hmm. exactly that same idea, right? So it's it's just a matter of I didn't pull his particular book off the shelf. That's what Terry Goodkind is too, right? Is it Goodkind that does that? The 
the like lawyer who falls into the fantasy world. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think that's right. Yeah, I, I know there, there's another one uh, by someone who has like a bunch of other respected books. But yeah, like it's totally like it is a thing that was popular when personal computing became more popular mm-hmm. or gaming. Uh, mm. And like was definitely a time when we were uh, reading, reading fantasy no- novels, you know. Uh, yeah. But it was also like the generation where it had like it had to be someone from regular America who tumbled into it. Mm-hmm. Even like yeah. Piers Anthony does that stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that was just what you did from like 1989 to 1994. Pretty much. Yeah. Yes. So this book comes from my collection and I have not yet read it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the way it got here was that um, the author, Rick Cook, uh, passed away somewhat recently in in January 2022. Mm -hmm. Uh, And some people had some some retrospectives about his work. Uh, And they were described this one as as basically uh, it's a mall, but it's also a portal to a fairy dimension Mm -hmm. uh, or or something like that. Mm. Uh, And that concept was so close to a screenplay that I have not even started <laughs> started writing in, in, in my to-do pile. Uh, but I was like, well, like, let's just see what someone else does. And it's totally like, uh, this is not, uh, I, I am not worried about like having the concept spoiled because uh, I think actually the, the, the concept uh, has come up before that like, that, you know, the, the, the fabulous like goblin market or you know, the like the Orientalist uh, fantasy Arabian Bazaar uh, exists today as like the big box store, mm-hmm. like the store, like it's like, oh, like go to this place. You can buy anything from like, you know, fine silks to like another year of life. You know, it's like, you know, essentially the same pitch for your local target. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you can get it like, well, why go anywhere else? It has everything you need, including uh, a portal to uh, a fantasy world. And one thing that someone pointed out about this book, uh, Mall Purchase Night. Right, is that the name of the book? Yes. <laughs> yes. That is not a phrase. Uh, it's supposed to sound like Walpurgis Night. Oh. I wondered if that was it. Yeah. Wow. Uh, which That's is, a real stretch. It's mean, a stretch, it, Richard. <laughs> it's, it, it's so like, it's like, well, of course, you know, that, that well-known phrase and concept, Walpurgis Night. Uh, um... <laughs> Uh, which I feel like we should say something about for people who uh, don't know. And yet, <laughs> I probably fall into that category of like, oh, yes, I know that's a thing. Yeah, I know it's a phrase. It's like when Dracula happens. <laughs> it, it, it's a, it's a uh, German festival, and it's, it's for lighting fires to ward off witches, but that's because the tradition says that there's like witches gathering on that night. So it's both like mm-hmm. it's alternately a pagan and an anti-pagan festival, depending mm-hmm. on who's talking about <laughs> it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I don't know. I just love, like, <laughs> I just imagine, um, like, like that is not the title that your marketing department comes up with. Right. <laughs> that is the title that like Rick cook comes to his, his comes mm. to, to, was it Bane? Uh, like he comes to Bane. He's like, I've got this idea. It's called mm-hmm. Mall Purchase Night. And like, they're like, well, I guess. They're not wasting a lot of money on editors. At <laughs> wow. That's a whole other subtopic. Uh, I have to assume that 
someone just like heard that title and was like, okay, fine. Mm -hmm. Because if they had to try and justify the pun, it wouldn't have flown. Yeah. No. Uh, Apparently, Walpurgis Night is the feast day of St. Walpurga. Mm. Who knew? <laughs> I guess, actually, sorry. Uh, Bane Books uh, is still printing uh, the, the wizard books. Um, but this was a purchase from eBay. I found a reasonable, reasonably priced copy. Uh, uh, yes. So, with that background out of the way, uh, <laughs> how did you like this first page of Mall Purchase Night? <laughs> so it's interesting to me, like, if I had read this when I was like 15, I would have thought that this character was like being portrayed as kind of pathetic and like not someone that I was supposed to immediately like think, oh, this is like that. Like this was a guy who was supposed to be kind of a sad sack and reading it today at 43. I'm like, this is extremely <laughs> relatable. <laughs> like, yeah, I've had jobs in this general category. Mm-hmm. I've had them too late in my life. And this is what it is like. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, I want to know who moved my fucking box. Yeah. yeah. That is the only thing that lets me function. <laughs> so my first read when I read it by myself was something similar to what you're saying, Vin, but also a little bit worried about this character because like, yeah, you know, he's got a shitty job and it sucks. And that's, it's legitimate to think your job is crappy when it's crappy. But also I'm like, does he get that that's capitalism's fault and not like immigrants fault? Like, <laughs> yeah. like am, am I worried that this guy voted for Trump basically? Yeah. This am could I, break I, in a number of ways. <laughs> Some of them bad. Yeah. But now having, now having listened to you read it, Ben, I, don't think I appreciated the first time. He's just legitimately disabled, right? Like he has, yeah. there's something up with his leg that he needs an accommodation for that he's not getting. Mm-hmm. I, did, I didn't quite, I did not read that, I guess, carefully enough the first time. Yeah. I, I definitely, I, I have a, f- like, so I have this book. I have not read it yet. I would definitely, I think I might, I'm, having read this first page and especially having read it out loud just now, I feel like I might bump it up a little bit in the 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 two read pile mm-hmm. i have uh, a, a suspicion or worry that even though this is called chapter one i don't know i just i i swear i heard like the law and order like ba-bum and i was like oh <laughs> this is like the cold open right like mm-hmm. uh, except actually i guess no in, in in law and order he'd find a body like i feel like he's gonna he's gonna be like killed or abducted by fairies or something uh like shout out to the name Black Oak Mall, which mm. feels like, uh, like I, in real life, I've probably gone to places like that, yeah. right? Like I, I, I grew up near a town called Hicksville that I never even thought of mm. as like mm. a comedic name uh, until it was pointed out to me repeatedly. Um, but like I don't know, Black Oak Mall feels very uh, uh, threatening. Yeah, right. You know. Um, but yeah, no. There's something. Uh, maybe it is just that. The the last book that we had you on for Kelly uh, mm-hmm. was uh, an older book in translation, and uh, sort of like genre uh, bending. Mm-hmm. And this just feels I don't know. Th- this is like coming home in a way. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's something very like it's it's not just that like I slip into this easily, but like I also appreciate it that like like I, I like I appreciate the like. Uh, the free indirect point of view where like 
like we're not inside Fogarty's head, except for like all these times that like we're kind of slipping into it or his his feelings are slipping out. Right. Mm hmm. But like there is that distance from him so that we can kind of judge him a little bit of like, mm -hmm. like it is like it's definitely it, it is a problem that like someone took his box out of the cart. And like, I don't blame him for like going like like some son of a bitch, you know, when like really, of course, like it's just like somebody was cleaning up or something. Right. Like it yeah. is not a malicious move or uh, even yeah, it, it does not take him into account in any way, which is also part of the problem. But mm -hmm. um, like there, there's something. I don't know. There's something about someone who's like, even the air stinks. And I'm just like, like, okay, like, I'm not supposed to like totally like this guy. And yet, like, I kind of like, I kind of like him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, he's, he just seems like, a, like, he's, he is someone working a job. Like you said, like, it is not a great job. But like, he's going to do it. He's going to complain about it. Uh, it's not a good job. No one should have to do this or do it without accommodation. Like you said, Kelly. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. This, uh, th this page has really felt. Uh, natural to me in a way. Yeah, and I feel like there's a certain way in which this is sort of like our home writing style, just in terms of like age and genre. Like mm. this is definitely the like style of writing which was most readily available to a dorky kid in the late 80s and early 90s. Mm -hmm. So like <laughs> regardless of content, like this reads very easily <laughs> and is easy to fall into. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting to think about how many, um, uh, protagonists I read as a child mm -hmm. who were like grizzled, um, middle-aged men. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It is funny. You have to think about like growing up and being like, Oh, like Sturm, Sturm Breitblade, like the, mm -hmm. like the, the sad knight, like that's my hero. Right. Um, <laughs> It is also funny. It's, it's funny, like you said, like, although I think this does pass the, the test that Vin, uh, I think you are inadvertently, uh, developing, uh, which is the like, uh, could this person have written a Dragonlance novel? And I feel like, <laughs> yes, this person could have written a Dragonlance novel. Um, mm -hmm. did you see that he's an SCA guy? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, like, like, a, like a big deal SCA guy. Yeah. yeah like yeah. he founded a kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it's one of those, like, uh, sorry, thinking, uh, back on, on, on what you said, Kelly, about like, like him being disabled and like needing an accommodation, mm -hmm. which like, honestly would not be that hard. It looks like, right. Yeah. Right. It's a uh, box. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, there's something about reading books, even like, uh, I read, oh, this is, this is going to be terrible. Uh, I read recently a. Uh, a TSR novel mm. from 20 something years ago. And like this one character is like, she has all the markings of like strong female protagonist. Yeah. Mm. You know, that's very, it's very, it's very much caps. Like, it's like, it's like, Oh, like not, not, not like what are the kids like these days? Like a, a Scully. Uh, but it, it is, it definitely feels like in that vein. Uh, but it's funny to me reading it now where I'm thinking like, not so much like, Oh, this is like a trope, but like, like, oh, like, I feel like this person might not know it, but they might be like on the autism spectrum. Mm. Like there's mm. something about the way they behave and like interact with people uh, and think about their themselves where I'm just like, oh, like I, 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 I recognize this from, you know, uh, from, from some reading on the literature. Mm -hmm. And I, I just think it's funny, you know, coming back to this where like, like, yeah, he's again, I, I get the feeling that like 
we're not supposed to really like this guy, but we're not supposed to hate him. Yeah. Um, and like, like you said, like there's that, like th- th- certain hinge points about like, like, oh, he's got problems. And, <laughs> and right now he seems to be blaming California, mm-hmm. uh, in a way when you're like, again, like, you know, probably capitalism. Uh, I do love the idea of like staying in Pennsylvania as a uh, solution. Mm-hmm. Um, he thinks, but yeah, there, there, there's something about coming back to an older book, uh, with our, our new understanding, both as, uh, older people, uh, and, you know, just from our, our new historical perspective mm-hmm. that I think is just uh, very interesting. And I don't know. I don't want to read too much into this, but I still get the feeling that like I'm supposed to be sad when he gets abducted or killed or something. Yeah. I have to assume this is him on the cover. Yeah, I think he's our protagonist. I don't think that he's going anywhere just from the cover. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is, again, a very, <laughs> a cover that is very much of that period. Mm. And probably why Piers Anthony was in my head Um, (laughs) as we see our security guards sort of squinting at a buxom fairy creature. Yeah. Yeah. A very odd expression, right? Like a grin, a squint, and he's also reaching for his gun. (laughs) Yeah. Like it's very hard to read the emotional situation going on in this cover. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's also hard. Well, I don't know. Maybe y'all can parse this better. What is going on with the background? Is this supposed to be in the mall? And like, it looks, it looks like to the right, I see like a blue sky with clouds. Mm-hmm. But maybe that is just like the backdrop of a store. Like it almost like just glancing at it, my read is that this is like a tram, but it's not a tram. Yeah. But like, yeah, there's a window that looks like it goes to outside and there's like almost like a an awning or curtain, but I cannot tell what's supposed to be on the left side of the image. Like it doesn't go in anywhere. Um, and perhaps that's because this, uh, fairy person is like coming in from some sort of nebulous portal space. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, I have no idea what the space is here. Yeah. Not knowing that it was fairies going into looking like reading the first page myself and looking at the, um, cover. I was wondering if it was maybe some, one of those, like, it feels magical, but actually it's about aliens kind of things because mm-hmm. it has a sort of a spacey vibe in the background. Yeah. Like her, her, her sparkly blue dress, like could be read, I think very easily as like, as something space related. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Again, one of those, like, like they're aliens, but they're, you know, they, they look like people. Uh, right. Yeah. It is funny. I do wonder again, like, uh, a recurring question we have on the podcast about uh, how how certain covers get made, but like mm-hmm. the the facial expression. Now that you pointed it out, like I didn't even like I didn't even think to look at it, but like I cannot. Yeah, is it maybe is it is it supposed to be like squinting from like the brightness? Maybe it could be. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I will say I do really like the the title layout <laughs> for this. Yeah. Like the hot pink purchase night with the like bright blue mall in the different font and the like neon-esque yellow outlines. Yeah, those the logo for mall, I feel like the what was the newer mall in my town when I was growing up mm-hmm. had stuff in a, exactly that logo. On it. Like it's just it feels so perfectly of an era. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like very authentic, weirdly enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh. Boy. Yeah, I give it a mm, mm, 
plus hmm. or I mean, no, I think you're right. There is something like, I mean, also it is funny to say like, like, oh, that, that font is really nice. But also like, again, I just hit into that, that title, which is mm-hmm. like, I both want to like stand up and cheer yeah, mm-hmm. that, and like, also just like, like do like, very like, like that'll do pig. Like, like, okay. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you've tried very hard. You're done now. It's, it's time to relax. Uh, I wonder how many wizards books he had to write in order to get the capital necessary to spend on you're going to publish small purchase night and you're not going to change the title. Right. <laughs> yeah. Because all the wizards books are like very stock standard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like even the, the like odd man out is like limbo system. And that fits right in with the style of the times mm. um, and the whiz biz at the end. It's now, now I'm just looking at, uh, I guess he published all his books with Bane. Mm. <laughs> oh gosh uh, just uh sidebar for the cover for a limbo system um all right let me just send this to you in our slack huh uh so limbo system holy is- simoleons <laughs> wow so, so the oh the, <laughs> there's a lot going on here the copy uh the aliens were smarter tougher and meaner all they were missing was a star drive when an Earth ship enters a star system that should have been devoid of life, the crew discovers millions of aliens living in small space habitats. And if these strange creatures manage to steal Earth's faster-than-light drive technology, they will make Machiavelli look like a kindergartner. And then the cover uh, involves... <laughs> like a low-budget Gorn. <laughs> oh, that's a good... Yes, that is what it is. Low-budget Gorn. <laughs> in Uggs. <laughs> like a low-budget Gorn, dead on the ground, bleeding. Uh-huh. But who has killed him then? <laughs> Boy, it's it's tough to say. Because on <laughs> yeah. the one hand, probably this man is supposed to be a samurai. Mm-hmm. But he does look like he assembled a samurai outfit out of pajamas. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yep. And then behind him is a man with a gun. There's blood on his sword, so it was probably him. I do I just like and this book is called Limbo System. Mm-hmm. And I just I don't know that like, yeah, this feels very like Mad Libsy to me. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, like the setup. I'm, I'm, I'm fine. The the setup for the book sounds fine. Like classic, like first contact, but like, oh no, you know, we we can't let them get our X or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever the MacGuffin is. Uh, and but this cover is just like, like you said, uh, kind of generic, Gorn, generic samurai, g- generic guy with blaster. Mm-hmm. And there appears to be like they, they have just come through uh, an airlock or portal and there's mm-hmm. fire behind them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, coming to our podcast feed, uh, 2023, I think. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but compare. Uh, yeah. Let's get like, how about like Wizard's Bane? I guess that was the. Oh, geez. Uh, that was like, that's that, that's the one that's on our cover as, as like. By the author of, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, was Wizard's Bane? Hmm. Very, uh, I don't know, kind of pern. Yeah, yeah, like a knockoff high action pern. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a guy riding a dragon like creature, firing uh, bolts of fire. It looks like, and the dragon thing has armor. Yeah, and I do like there's there's little things uh, that look like they are like screens 
in the background, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which, you know, is a thing I think that sets this apart. And in fact, is even in the, uh, the, the tag on the cover. Uh, the Wiz had been a demon programmer, but now he was in a world where his spells had better work the first time. Hmm. Uh, which I do like, actually, the idea, like, we've, we've talked about how, how, like, what a trope it is of, like, the computer programmer, or, like, some person using some logic from one domain in a uh, magic-filled world. Mm-hmm. But considering how much of my day as a programmer is just, like, debugging stuff, and just be like, why is this fireball keep exploding too early? Uh, <laughs> might be a short story there. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'll get back to you on that. But, yes. So, getting back, like, compared to the other covers mm-hmm. that bear his name, I find this one to be a little more... I don't know, actually, I don't. It's uh, uh, better than Limbo System, uh, about the same as Wizard's Bane. Yeah, I would say that it, like, it has a, like, I feel like the artist has a much better command of, like, technique. Mm-hmm. Even if what's going on is kind of inscrutable, yeah. The, the other two are more action driven, mm-hmm. right? This mm-hmm. is more. This feels more like maybe this is an actual novel about characters. Yeah, weird characters. <laughs> and again, it has that like Piers Anthony vibe, mm-hmm. which is different from the other covers, at least. Do you mean just because it has a kind of leering view of the buxom female character? Yeah, but also like the juxtaposition between like a normal ass person mm-hmm. and a mystical and kind of saucy looking mm-hmm. character. Mm. You know, I'd, I have to, to to say like, it's so funny, like usually, you know, the usual pattern for me is that I don't like a book first page until we talk about it for a while. And then I like, oh, yeah, like I never thought about it this way. And uh, another pattern that I have discovered with my appreciation for these is that like, even if I don't like the subject matter of a cover, I can appreciate the the talent and the work that went into it. Mm-hmm. And just like, I, I, I just want to just like bring some attention to the security guard's shirt, the, the way it is like <laughs> bloused out a little bit on the left side. Mm-hmm. The not great fit. Yeah. Yep. Really like tells you a lot about what's going on with this guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I just really like, like there are definitely still some questions about that facial expression. Mm-hmm. Maybe a bit of could have been cleaned up. Maybe it's a problem of like the fact that we see him at this weird angle. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Or maybe the text will make it make sense. Yeah. Uh, but like, yeah, a little like, I don't know, that shirt. That's, I mean, beyond just like, oh, I couldn't do that. But like someone paid attention here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we ever do our first line? <laughs> <laughs> our first line is. His leg hurt, which, you know, for me, an old person <laughs> is relatable mm-hmm. and like does put me like right into the frame of mind of what we're going into. Yeah. I f- again, like uh, I could imagine someone writing this story and just like being very perfunctory about it. Mm-hmm. But like there's a lot of choices made here that. I, I feel like deepen some uh, some information that we get. Yeah. Like, his leg hurt. Okay. Short. It gets us something like, we know our, our frame is like, this guy's leg is going to hurt. Uh, and like, probably it's going to keep coming back 
Or, I mean, we, you, I appreciate that it keeps coming back to that. It's like, well, like, at least I can ride my cart, but someone took my box. And like, like it's going to keep coming back to, you know, that. Um, but the next line, it wasn't 2 a.m. And already Fogarty's leg was giving him hell. And that like, like it, it took me uh, like two reads to, to hit on that. Like it wasn't 2 a.m. is kind of a funny thing to say, like until you know that like he's on the night shift. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But even that like, like it wasn't 2 a.m. It's like, wait, but that's that's pretty late or, you know, pretty early. Uh, and I also just want to point out, I love that uh, it's all these goddamn stairs. He told himself as the golf cart whined through the night. Mm-hmm. And it's probably it might be like over egging the pudding a little bit. But the fact that like the golf cart, like he just he told himself something. He didn't whine mm-hmm. or like complain. But the golf cart whines yep. is like a nice way to like, I feel, push us towards like, uh, uh, again, I, I still have that feeling that like he's not our main character. But mm-hmm. I'll uh, report uh, in a few years when I read this. I, I am struck by the relationship between his thoughts and the narrative voice here. Because it appears to have, there's an objective narration, but the narrator is sympathetic to him, is how I'm reading it. Yeah. Right? Because it's, sometimes it's his, sometimes like, this is his thought, right? It's all these goddamn stairs, it's Fogarty's thought. Mm -hmm. But never mind that he usually took the elevators, who was the principal of the thing. That is just in the narrative voice. Mm -hmm. So it's not him thinking it, but it is like someone taking his view. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a close and sympathetic narration. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. What do you think about the fact that his name is Fogarty? That that takes me out of it a little bit, honestly. It feels like too on the nose of a name for like a schlubby working class protagonist. Yeah, I feel like, what is this, 93? Mm-hmm. 93 is like maybe just past the cusp where that flies. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like today, I'd be like, mm, "Can we just send this back for another draft?" But given that uh, Mall Purchase Night got past the <laughs> editors, who knows? Yeah, I—I I mean, you say it got past. I kind of wonder if like they all didn't just like slap each other on the backs and mm. <laughs> call it a day. It's like 10 a.m. Like it's not going to get better than this, guys. Let's go home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. Fogarty. Now that you bring my attention to it, like I don't know what it calls up except like the first thing that comes to mind is like old fogey mm. right like oh I, I was just thinking of john fogey yeah that's immediately what i was thinking it is a name with no youth <laughs> mm. yeah right also like the fact that we have no first name for him is another like it is very funny like there, there is like we are close and yet I, we are distant like we are given his thoughts and like his point of view uh, and the, like this first page doesn't tell us like, like get a load of this, you know, this, this guy, like what an aggravating schlub this guy is. Like, it doesn't tell us that, but it also doesn't tell us like, oh, like he's the, like, uh, he, he's right about everything. Yeah. Like if he is the protagonist, uh, as you're thinking, Kelly, like I can imagine this is going to be a story of like transformation for him mm-hmm. where like he is going to have to come to like reconsider some of his views. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but on this page, he's just a guy we sit with, mm-hmm. which I think is a pretty strong portrayal. And this, like for this kind of character, I think he's a very confident leadoff. Yeah, right, and and presumably 
the author is considering that the reader knows that they're not reading a book entitled something like, you know, Fogarty the Mall Schmuck, right? Like they're expecting yeah. something more to happen. And the only like hint that something more is going to happen besides the implication of why am I reading a novel about this, I think is Black Oak Mall, mm. right? I and mean, that is, that is, if there's a, if there's a giveaway that something more is afoot here, it is the overly ominous title of the place where he works. <laughs> right. Yeah. One of the things that I, I did like about this or like that I found kind of striking mm-hmm. is that for all like that the author needs this to be like sort of a quintessential mall, it's not like a generic flat suburban setting. Right. It's built into the side of a ridge. It's got those like terraced parking lots that make me just a little bit anxious to think about driving around and like, and I wonder if that's because he's from Arizona. I think that's where his uh, SCA kingdom is. Yep. Um, yep. And I wonder if that's part of why that's like his conception of, or like his, his first iconic vision of a mall is to put it in that sort of. I think it's accurate to Southern California, mm, especially yeah. in this time period. Um, oh, right. Uh, we're in California. It's, it, you know, all the malls there are super weird yeah. in my experience, my limited experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, very great to be like, uh, face a Twitter backlash because of your mall opinions. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, that, I, I, yeah. Black Oak Mall, especially uh, as the start of a sentence and the start of a paragraph, mm-hmm. like that really sticks out mm. uh, to me. Um, and I do want to read something uh, uh, eerie a little bit at the end of the page yeah. where like mm-hmm. he's at the, the highest lot and the full moon is riding high and there's a thin haze. Mm-hmm. But like, if, if I wasn't reading a book called Mall Purchase Night, um, I would not think about like, oh, like, I mean, with this cover. Yeah. Like, like that, you know, that's just like, oh yeah, it's California. There's a thin haze. Yeah. Well, also like, I like that line that almost, almost turn at the end of the page mm-hmm. because we've been sort of like focused on his physicality and his situation and his job for the whole time. And then like, we get like the visual of the moon and the sky and the haze sort of breaking into his perception of the world. Mm. And like, it gives us our first view that like the world is bigger than a mall parking lot (laughs) and he's aware of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think up until that point, like up until that paragraph, the descriptions have been about things in the abstract, this is the way that the mall looks all the time. There are elevators, there are planters, there are dumpsters, right? Mm-hmm. But that paragraph is where we transition to a live view of the setting. This is what is currently happening in the world around him. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. For for the listeners, our, our first page cuts off in the middle of a sentence. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I I do like that point. There's definitely it feels like not that the story is about to start, but like we have set up this character mm-hmm. and how mm-hmm. he feels. And like, now we're going to see his character in, in specific action. But there is also something like, I do wonder, like, I, I do really wonder what starts this, the second page. Like, because I could also see this, as you were saying, like, everything sort of gets filtered through his uh, character, his personality. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the fact that we are getting this view 
uh, of the, you know, of the sky and the valley below makes me wonder if like he is for a moment, just like he's parked the golf cart. This is how I picture it. Like he's parked the golf cart and he's like, Mm -hmm. even though he said he hates California, like he is, if not appreciating it, at least like taking it in at this moment. Mm -hmm. If that is what's happening here, like it it could turn out that this is like the part where the, the narrative kind of like separates from him. And now we just see him from the outside. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, there's definitely, definitely like, I guess. Yeah. The way I feel at the end of this first page is I have questions, but I feel uh, safe in the author's uh, awareness of the questions that he is asking Mm -hmm. and his, his ability to answer them. Uh, I think the word you used, Kelly, was confident, mm-hmm. uh, which I know I know Vin and I have used before to describe certain writing. They're like, yes, like, th- like this person knows what they're doing, mm-hmm. uh, like the risks they're taking. Uh, yeah. Yeah, this is one of those pages where like, uh, as you often say, like I started off very skeptical, but through the discussion, I'm like, actually, you know, this isn't like a high concept cerebral thing but this is actually a well put together page even if not a lot happens on it mm-hmm. and like i think i would follow up like especially if i was in the mood for some of that early to mid 90s light goofy fantasy mm-hmm. yeah yeah this definitely doesn't feel like like um do you, you, you know how like the Hugo Awards does a uh, a retro Hugo? Um, mm. I don't even remember. Like basically, they they like look back at a year and say like, well, what what was the really? Mm. Uh, at least that's the way I, I remember it. That they they look back and they say, what really was the best book of that year? Um, or at least I think that's what they do. At least that's what I would want them to do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, uh, and I feel like. In the future, this book is not going to be identified as a lost masterpiece. It is probably going to be like, <laughs> it, it's probably merely going to be uh, a good, a good example of a book, uh, a book that does what it wants to do mm-hmm. and does it well. Like, and I'm, 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 I'm joking about the merely in that sentence. That's, mm. That is not a, an easy thing to do. I think it has that twang of like workman fiction. Right? You you said you you heard the bump in your head, mm-hmm. then, right? And that's because it's constructed in a coherent, intelligible way to make you so I like put you into the right mindset for that. And I I think that it seems to be intentional. I believe it's by accident. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely get the sense that this character is going to be, uh, I think, a pretty good set of eyes to view some weird stuff through right not very not very wide-eyed right pretty um likely to be really pessimistic and sort of no nonsense about a lot of things mm-hmm. um so that the collision between that and something fantastical as promised by the cover seems like uh you know a pretty satisfying dichotomy hmm. all right uh i just got slightly distracted by uh being recommended another book called Mall Mayhem and Magic mm-hmm. from 1995. Oof, wow. Which makes me wonder, was there like a little boon of... Uh, well, there's that episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark where the guy gets trapped in the mall that's also a pinball game. I guess not, not all are. Are you afraid of the dark super fans like <laughs> I am? But, um, 
you know, malls were really big yep. in the late eighties into the early nineties. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and so like natural setting for modern fantasy, uh, was this the tale of the pinball wizard? I believe that's right. Yes. From 1992. So <laughs> there's definitely, definitely something. Yeah. No, I, I, I do wonder if like, like a, as an easy setting for something going on, uh, it definitely seems like the right time, you know, like, oh, it's, it's like a public space. That's not a school mm-hmm. where like kids can go or, you know, people can mix, you know, it's the new town square. Blah blah blah. Yeah. Uh, but I I wonder how much they like I don't know dig into the the mall, like yeah I'm, I'm just curious like uh well I guess I'll just have to go read all these books now. Mm. Uh, yeah, I mean, what are the mall tropes? Is there gonna is the like is the fountain gonna be enchanted somehow? Is there gonna be something? some sort of weird magical food for sale in the food court, right? Like the different, you know, the elevator stops and starts at floors that don't exist in the real world. I don't know. Mm-hmm. What, mm-hmm. I don't know what other magical things you can do with the mall, but yeah. I wonder what the bits are going to be. Yeah. I feel like that, that also goes back to, uh, that, that, that twilight sign, the twilight zone episode. If, if you know that one where, uh, uh, a woman goes to a department store uh, which is sort of a proto mall, if you think about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. And like people keep trying to take her to the twelfth floor or something. Does, does that sound familiar to everyone? I don't. I don't know if I, <laughs> I'm trying not to spoil <laughs> a TV show episode <laughs> from like uh, the early sixties. Twilight Zone department store. The after hours. After mm. I haven't seen. Okay. She, she goes to a department store. She's trying to return something. Everyone is kind of weird to her. Eventually, it turns out that uh, she is a mannequin because all of the mannequins at the store get to live like a normal life for uh, like like a day. Um, and it's, it's, it's a schedule. Like you go, you have your day, and then you come back and you be a mannequin for, you know, another month or something. Mm. Uh, and she has, she has outstayed her, her, her vacation time, essentially. So that everyone who's trying to get her to come back to this, this weird uh, level that no one else knows about because that's the storage level where they keep all the unused mannequins. Um, and it's funny because it's like, it's weird and eerie that everyone is treating her weird and like there's something else going on. Uh, and I feel like the end has the same sort of musical sting as most of the Twilight Zone episodes where it's just like, like can you believe it? Mm. But like, <laughs> the, the, the way it ends is like, uh, she ends up, uh, with the mannequin folk, uh, they explain the situation to her. Uh, the fact that she overstayed her vacation means that like someone else uh, has lost a few hours of their vacation, and she's <laughs> oh. like, "Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry." And the other mannequin who lost a few hours, it's like, "It's okay, like it happens sometimes," and it just like goes on, and it's just, it's just very funny because there is nothing like at the end of the day, it's like, "Oh, that was odd and eerie, but also kind of heartwarming in a way that like, mm. you know, like these mannequins are." sharing out this uh this rare resource that they have uh which is kind of funny for like a department store mm-hmm. uh yeah. going back to capitalism as the real villain yeah like worker <laughs> solidarity yeah yeah mm-hmm. exactly on that note uh, i think we're hitting time <laughs> <laughs> wait 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 I've, I've got other i've got other episodes yeah. uh so <laughs> yes Sorry, wait hold on just out of curiosity so vin yep 
is there a TV show? If if Kelly is a uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark super fan, and I have large parts of my uh, large parts of my thought uh, processes uh, like literally written by 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 Serling. You mean, is there uh, a light anthology horror series that I need to bring to this? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> like, <laughs> what what anthology series uh, made you the person you are today? Boy, I feel like there must be an answer to that. Hmm. But I think the closest I come is the state. <laughs> that I mean, okay. that tracks. Yeah, I'll co-sign that for you. <laughs> Because, like, if we're really sticking to category, like, I feel like the only one left is Tales from the Crypt, wow. which I never actually watched. Yeah, or The Outer Limits, but The Outer Limits mm. is just inferior Twilight Zone. Yeah. So I'm just going to go with the state. Hmm. Um, hmm. Any final thoughts? Um, well, I, 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 uh, no, no final thoughts, but I promise that I will read this book. Uh, it it seems like the kind of the kind of light uh, entertainment that I could use mm. in in 2022. <laughs> yeah. Uh, although I wonder if this is going to end up to be like like you're like ah oh, I don't want to hear any more about the terrible things going on in the world and then you watch like Dirty Dancing and you're like <laughs> oh wait there's a there's a whole abortion plot here this is mm-hmm. uh, or yeah uh, I wonder what 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 things in in, in the early 90s will uh, come back to haunt us. Yeah. Um, mm. But yes, I will come back and uh, report uh, on this. Excellent. Uh, Kelly, where can folks find you online? So I am also on the the, the, the Chimera podcast, the actual play podcast that Vin is also on. Uh, I don't have a huge social media presence, um, but my day job is that I'm a Unitarian Universalist minister. So if you just desperately need to hear more of the sound of my voice, you can always find it. Uh, by Googling First Unitarian Society of Madison or looking us up on YouTube. And there is so much of me talking into a (laughs) microphone if you want to hear more. Thanks for joining us on Dark and Stormy Nights. I've been your host, Finn LeBate. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mr. Reciprocity, and you can find the games that I write at mrreciprocity.itch.io. And I've been your other host, Ben Blattberg. You can find me on Twitter at InCatastrophe. For show updates, corrections, and occasional bouts of actual research, subscribe to our monthly newsletter at monthly.darknightsreads.com. For everything else, follow Dark Nights Reads on Twitter or visit darknightsreads.com, and we'll meet you back here next time, weather permitting.